and welcome to the Rev Sarah Shares podcast. We continue our Extraordinary series by looking at Extraordinary Lengths, thinking about the story of Moses, Miriam and his mum, and a wee touch with Philip and the Ethiopian, considering the fact that sometimes we do go to Extraordinary Lengths to do the right thing. It is obviously Remembrance Sunday and therefore there is obviously a crossover there as well. Thank you to Anne who brings us our readings from Exodus and the Book of Acts, following which there is the reflection and I hope that it is something that encourages, inspires and challenges. The first reading this morning is taken from the Book of Exodus, chapter 2, reading from verse 1, the birth of Moses. During this time, a man from the tribe of Levi married a woman of his own tribe, and she bore him a son. When she saw what a fine baby he was, she hid him for three months. But when she couldn't hide him any longer, she took a basket made of reeds and covered it with tar to make it watertight. She put the baby in it and then placed it in the tall grass at the edge of the river. The baby's sister stood some distance away to see what would happen to him. The king's daughter came down to the river to bathe while her servants walked along the bank. Suddenly she noticed the basket in the tall grass and sent a slave girl to get it. The princess opened it and saw a baby boy. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked her, Shall I go and call a Hebrew woman to act as a wet nurse? Please do, she answered. So the girl went and brought the baby's own mother. The princess told the woman, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So she took the baby and nursed him. Later, when the child was old enough, she took him to the king's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. She said to herself, I pulled him out of the water, and so I name him Moses. The second reading is from Acts chapter 8, reading from verse 26. Philip and the Ethiopian official. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get ready and go south to the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. This road is not used nowadays. So Philip got ready and went. Now an Ethiopian eunuch who was important official in charge of the treasury of the Queen of Ethiopia was on his way home. He had been to Jerusalem to worship God and was going back home in his carriage. As he rode along, he was reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over to that carriage and stay close to it. Philip ran over and heard him reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. He asked him, Do you understand what you're reading? The official replied, how can I understand unless someone explains it to me? And he invited Philip to climb up and sit in the carriage with him. Amen. This is one of those Sundays that brings some to church who don't otherwise go and makes others stay at home. Remembrance Sunday is always a difficult one to handle because it operates on so many different levels. For many, it's poignant, but speaks to an experience we know nothing or little about. For others, it's a grief writ large because it was loved ones who suffered, who died. Limbs from the family tree cut off in their prime, never to branch out and have their own family. For others, it's a painful mirror in which they glimpse their loved ones as they serve in the military, at home and abroad. 
For others, it romanticizes war and glorifies it, hence the pushback against such days as these. The story of Miriam and Moses is also set in conflict times. The pharaoh or king is concerned about the overwhelming number of Israelites since the time of Joseph. In fact, he is unaware of who Joseph is or what Joseph did. It was an act of war by the pharaoh to kill the Hebrew boys at birth. Oppressed by those who feared them, who wanted to assert themselves as the dominant race, meant that mothers of the day had to go to extraordinary lengths to save their boys. In the passage just before uh, what was read to us today, <coughs> then the king of Egypt spoke to Shifra and Poah, the two midwives who helped the Hebrew women. When you help the Hebrew women give birth, he said to them, kill the baby if it's a boy, but if it's a girl, let it live. But the midwives were God-fearing and so did not obey the king. Instead, they let the boys live. So the king said, sent for the midwives and asked them, why are you doing this? Why are you letting the boys live? They answered, the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They give birth easily and their babies are born before either of us gets there. Because the midwives were God-fearing, God was good to them and gave them families of their own. And the Israelites continued to increase and become strong. Finally, the king issued a command to all his people, Take every newborn Hebrew boy and throw him into the Nile, but let all the girls live. Quite a story, reminiscent perhaps for us of the story of Herod and killing all the boys under the age of two so that he could kill Jesus in his prime. Mum to Moses obviously didn't want her son to die. It kind of figures really. And so she came up with a plan. She put Moses in the basket in the water and prayed that God would soften the heart of the daughter of the king. After all, who can't resist a cute baby in a basket? Plenty calendars tell us that that's true. What is also smart is the long game she played by having Miriam, his sister, present to ensure Moses' well-being and to bring her son home again for they knew the princess would not be able to look after a newborn baby. But even this in itself is amazing because it meant in the long run she was still going to have to give up her child, not to death, but to the princess. We often gloss over that part of the story, but I want you to sit with that for a moment and just stay with mum the Mo uh, Moses's mum in the story. We know that Miriam and Moses are reunited down the line. We know this from the Exodus story further on. But what about mum? She is rewarded in her faith and was able to raise Moses through those early months, um, you know, for breastfeeding, to learning how to talk, walk, go to the toilet, all that kind of jazz. Um, so get him through those first stages of growth. But then she has to hand him back to the princess in the palace where he was raised. Even his name is changed. She saves her son, but at what personal cost? Can you imagine, for a moment, just imagine walking away that day? 
remember part of the subterfuge in the story was that Miriam doesn't disclose who she is or who the woman is that she will take the baby to. She just offers that to take the child and give it to a Hebrew woman to raise him in his early months. So she's just a Hebrew woman dropping off a baby that she's looked after. But can you imagine the heartbreak as the palace gates close and she hears the princess say, I'll name you Moses. Even his name is given to him, taking away whatever he was called before that. And there is unspoken grief in this story. Of course, we love the story of a cute baby in a basket in the river being rescued by the beautiful princess, even the brave sister playing the role. It could in a weird kind of a way be a Disney story and I'm pretty sure they've done it somewhere as well. We romanticize that story and we soften the hard edges of it. I'm guilty of doing that myself. But we miss the extraordinary lengths that this woman went to to save her child. There are times when we all go to extraordinary lengths, especially when we're motivated by love or compassion. When it came to bringing men to war, it was said that they went for love of king and country. And as they walked off into the valley of the shadow of death, mothers turned away grief-stricken, not knowing if they would see their son again. There were those who faced the war on the front line and many of us can't imagine the reality of it. We see pictures nowadays of blown up buildings, ruined landmarks, dust covered men, women and children, faces marked by tears, grief and heroic courage. Doing a little bit of research for the Calder Glen assembly that I had this week with the S3s, I was kind of curious as to how many countries are in conflict at this time. Sadly, the better question might be to ask how many are not in conflict. Even the desire to build a wall between Mexico and the United States speaks to the disharmony in our world. According to Save the Children, globally 426 million children live in conflict zones. Nearly 200 million children are living in the world's most lethal war zones, the highest number in over a decade. Around the world, more than 89 million adolescent girls currently live in conflict zones and are often incredibly vulnerable. Children living in war-affected countries live in constant fear, experiencing grave violations of their rights with serious impacts on their mental health. Many children living in lethal war zones are already at risk of climate change and facing unprecedented levels of hunger as well. It's, it's beyond heartbreaking. The story of Moses, who we do revere, who we do respect, as Jesus himself did, should keep us open and compassionate to the plight of children in conflict zones around our world. And perhaps, like I said, it should break our hearts. But it is also tempting to give up in the face of that astounding figure that we just genuinely cannot comprehend. I mean, if nothing ever changes, what's the point? Why bother to remember our war dead or work for peace if 
if we haven't even changed since the time of Moses? Fair questions. Indeed, fair questions. <coughs> Yet, there are those brave midwives whose names I messed up entirely earlier, who stood up to Pharaoh and saved so many lives. I mean, it's just phenomenal to see what they did. Unsung heroes of the time. There is the mother of Moses who saved the boy who eventually would save the Israelites some decades later, but he would do that and be that one who said, let my people go. In every conflict, in every generation, there are those who are willing to go to extraordinary lengths. Even some of the stories we hear coming out of Ukraine give us hope that wherever evil tries to have the upper hand, there are those who go to great lengths to bring light, hope, goodness, faith, courage, you name it. If we only ever see what is wrong in the world, we miss the beauty, the wonder, the compassion, the grace, the generosity. And sometimes it is about being in the right place at the right time. I added in a little bit of the story of Philip and the Ethiopian as an example of how God goes to extraordinary lengths. The Ethiopian knows of God, but doesn't know God. And literally pulls, or God literally pulls Philip from one place to another and then takes him away again just as quickly. But in the midst of that, a man is baptized and comes to faith and will go on to bring others to faith. It's like another thread is added to the tapestry. Indeed, a whole new section of the kingdom is opened up. Sometimes we go to extraordinary lengths and we don't even know it until we look back and see what happened or what we did. The challenge we have in our faith is to look for the opportunities to open the eyes of the curious, helping them to meet God, to be in the right place at the right time. And that's why there is such benefit at having churches located in communities who actually participate in the wider life of the community. It might mean doing things differently, allowing God to put us in places we never expected. Sometimes it means getting out of our buildings and into other buildings and into other places. And we trust him and follow his lead, like Philip did running alongside that chariot. And it might mean, to go back to the story of Moses and Miriam, it might mean subverting the system where the system is corrupt or evil. As Christians, we're called to pray for our government, but we're also called to stand up for what is right in the sight of God. Speak up against injustice, hold the hands of the hurting, come alongside the outcast, welcome the stranger, forgive again and again, work for the climate. There will be times when it will cost us, when we have to part with that which is dear to us. Accept a new way of doing things or even wave goodbye to a loved one and pray that we will see them again one day. But as God was with Moses in the basket, Miriam on the shore, mum worried out of her whatever sitting at home, so he is with each one of us. 
Our faith calls us to go to extraordinary lengths, to take that step further, to do that little bit more, to challenge rather than to accept. Give away our coats and our shirts if need be. Walk a mile further down the road. Turn the other cheek. Love our enemy. Forgive again and again and again. Seven times, seven times, whatever. To give in secret without looking to receive. If all we worry about is ourselves, then we miss out on the wonder of our faith. If we're only looking for our eternal reward and not looking to share that with others, then we're really not going to extraordinary lengths. And we're missing out on the adventure of faith. In fact, Jesus summed up our extraordinary lengths. And it's a challenge to me and a challenge to you. Because sometimes all we really want to do is be comfortable, content, and even hide under our duties. Jesus said this prior to his death. Imagine what it felt like after they saw him on that cross. Jesus says this, If any of you want to come with me, you must forget yourself, carry your cross, and follow me. For if you want to save your own life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. Will you gain anything if you win the whole world but lose your life? Of course not. There is nothing you can give to regain your life. For the Son of Man is about to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his deeds. As we remember those who picked up the call to war and died for us, as we pray for those who answered that call today, and as we remember those who face conflict today in a myriad of ways, may we also go to extraordinary lengths for peace in our time. Amen. Thank you for listening once again, and may you have peace this week. Look forward to joining with you again next week as we continue our Extraordinary series. God bless. Bye for now.